Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. How Sam Winchester Could Have Been Dean Foster by Serendipity XXI on AO3. Rating General Audiences. Mary, it's a good deal. What do you say? The thing wearing her father's face smirked at her, and Mary could not contain the venom that rose up in her. Go to hell, Mary Campbell spat. Her lover's head cradled in her lap. John looked like he was asleep, but she could hear the crunching of his bones. There was no pulse at his neck, her fingers pressed into. John had been a good man, and the yellow-eyed demon had snapped his neck the same way he probably snapped her mother's, the same way he killed her father with no thought, no remorse. No, she could not take his deal, could not bargain with anything this evil. Mary, she heard Dean shout from over her shoulder. She turned, and one second there was Dean, and the next there wasn't. But the gun he'd been carrying remained in the grass. Mary and the yellowed-eyed demon, Azale, both spotted the gun at the same instant and by some miracle Mary managed to reach it first. She rolled over and scrambled to her knees, prepared to shoot the bastard and get vengeance for the people she loved. But he was gone. Black smoke pouring out of her father's mouth in a torrent. Then he too collapsed to the ground at Mary's feet. Mary Campbell stood where she was, frozen for a good long moment, the enormity of everything threatening to overwhelm her. Her mother was dead, her father was dead, John was dead. They were all gone. What was she going to do? Something inside her snapped as she stood there watching her father's blood soaking into the grass. The training she'd rebelled against for so many years kicked in, and suddenly she was turning John over, fishing the keys from his pocket and driving off into the night. The cops would be coming soon. She couldn't answer their questions and couldn't afford to be thrown in jail. She had a mission. It took Mary almost seven years to track his ale down. He was wearing a used car salesman when Mary finally put a bullet between those yellowed eyes of his using the colt. The look of surprise on his face almost made the last few years worth it. Afterward, she drove the 300 or so miles to the nearest big demon hunter meeting place, a dive bar called Haravel's Roadhouse. There she passed the colt off to a hunter she'd met named Bobby Singer and ordered herself a celebratory beer. That one turned into three and then five and finally found Mary blubbering into her eighth. The bartender, a whiskey-voiced woman with a no-nonsense attitude who reminded Mary of her mother, plucked the beer out of her hands at closing time and bustled her off to one of the back rooms behind the bar they kept for hunters who were in no shape to drive, like Mary was. Mary left the roadhouse the next morning and never looked back on that life. She went to Chicago and waited tables, determined to make a fresh start in life. Her car breaking down one snowy winter morning brought her right into Forrester and Son's mechanic shop, and that was where she met Tom. Tom rolled himself out from under the car he'd been working on when she walked into the shop and promptly smacked his forehead into the undercarriage, trying to get a good look. He joked later that she rattled his brains from the start, and she did. She rattled his brains right into marrying her. She'd always had a thing for men with engine grease under their nails. 
she mused at their wedding ceremony, when they joined hands, as directed by the priest, and she caught sight of the black line under his nails that just wouldn't come out. Tom Forrester was a good man with a solid head on his shoulders, and without a superstitious bone in his body. Mary gave birth to their first child on May 2nd, 1983. A little boy she couldn't resist naming Dean, remembering the young man who claimed to be hers from the future. Early in her pregnancy, Mary pulled out the old books and painstakingly sketched out a devil's trap in the nursery, then covered it with a throw rug before placing the crib right over that spot. On the windows in salt water, she sketched protective runes, and on little Dean's six-month birthday, the 10-year anniversary of John Winchester and Deanna and Samuel Campbell's death, not only were they not at home, but the hotel room they stayed in was warded with so many different religious symbols and hex bags and protection spells that it was a wonder Tom didn't think she'd lost her mind. It was the one time she wasn't subtle about her protections, and Tom let it go after a time. Mary continued to embroider protective runes into her boys' underthings, though, pretending they were just fanciful versions of their initials. As Dean grew, Mary anxiously watched his face for the man who would come to her in 1973. But the boy was obviously his own person. His face was rounder, hair much darker, and he had the sweetest disposition of any toddler Mary had ever met. He kept that even temperament as he grew. He got A's in sharing in kindergarten, was always nice to the opposing team in peewee baseball and then Little League, and loved his sister who was born eight years later. Tom named her Clara after the girl in the Nutcracker, and she was as much a princess as Mary could make her. She reveled in her little girl, but took special pride in her son, who looked nothing like the boy she thought he might have grown into. Years later, they moved to Stars Hollow, which was the quaintest little small town where everyone knew everyone else's business, and Mary felt certain they'd be safe there. It was in Stars Hollow Dean met his first love, a quiet bookish girl, and Mary watched with only a usual mother's trepidation as he came home awash in the glow and then confronted him when the first flush faded. She couldn't help sending up a prayer of thanks that her son could grow up and have his first love end in such a normal way without the bloodshed and death Mary herself had experienced. Watching him walk across the stage at Stars Hollow High in his cap and gown was one of the proudest moments in her life. Tom sat beside her and squeezed her shoulder as their boy graduated. He had plans to go on to community college. He wanted to build a real life. He'd never have to deal with saving people or hunting things. Whatever else life might throw at him, Mary knew she had done right by him in this instance. She leaned her head on her husband's shoulder and held their daughter, watching Dean accept his diploma. So different from the man he could have become. Mary breathed a sigh of contentment. She'd given this boy what she could not have given the other, a normal childhood and a real chance at a normal life. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>